powerful to consider because the only reason, church, that we have hope today in the midst of chaos, in the midst of this pandemic, is because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Can you say amen? The only reason we can have life today is because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ, the Word who became flesh for you and I, began to dwell among us. Come on, do we have any Bible believers here today that Jesus Christ, the one who left heaven to come down to earth, became the flesh and dwelt among us? You know, if I was sick, don't give me a medical book. If I was sick, don't give me uh, some medical instructions. No, you know what? No, go get me a doctor, the one who is able to personify the principles in that book. If I'm in trouble uh, with the law, don't get me a, a law book and give me some instructions. Listen, why is that? Because get me a lawyer, the one who is able to personify the principles in the book. If I'm about to fly a plane, oh, Lord, help us. If I'm about to fly a plane, don't give me instructions on how to fly a plane. Don't give me a book on how to do certain things. Get me a pilot. <laughs> Get me someone who's able to personify the principles in the Bible. Why am I saying this? I hope you know where I'm going with this because the truth is this. If we were just stuck in our sins, if we just had no hope, we had no direction in life, we need more than just the Ten Commandments. Come on, somebody. We needed more than just information. We need transformation. Can you say amen? We needed Jesus, the one who personifies the principles in the word, the word of God today. And Jesus, the one who came, the one who is the word that became flesh. And that is the hope for you and I this morning that we can have this hope that the one King of kings and Lord of lords came and dwelt among us, took your sins, took my sins and said, listen, listen, you don't need anything else. You need Jesus. Come on. You need Christ who is able to do more than what you could ever do. And that is the hope that we have. Jesus is full of grace and he is full of truth. Let's consider number one, the grace. Man, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Aren't you grateful this morning for the grace of God? If you're not thankful for the grace, man, I'm telling you, you have no idea what grace is. You've forgotten where you've come from if you have no idea what grace is. To think, you know what, about God's grace, to think no matter who you are, to think that no matter what you've done, to think no matter where you come from, what you've done in your life, that God's grace can still reach you. Hallelujah. That God's grace can still meet you in your darkest moments in life. The things that you've said, the things that you've done. Can you imagine right now for a second if we were to put your life up on the screen, if we were to download some of the things that you've lived? Ooh, it'll be Discovery Channel. <laughs> Oh my goodness, look what you did. Is that what you did before you became a Christian? Mm -mm. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Man, that's why we ought to be grateful for the grace of God. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve the grace. I'm telling you, we should be in hell. We should be locked up in prison with the key thrown away. I'm so grateful for the grace of God. The reason why you're still breathing right now, because of grace. The reason why you're still standing is because of God's grace. The reason why you woke up this morning is because God gave you grace for another day. That's why I'm excited. That's why I'm so passionate because I understand if it weren't for God's grace, I would not be married today. If it wasn't for God's grace, I wouldn't be a father today. If it wasn't because of God's grace, I wouldn't even be saved. 
Man, some of you here this morning, you've lived the most darkest, the most evil lives. But you're here today because of God's grace. No matter who you are this morning, hallelujah. No matter what you've done, God's grace can still reach you. In your most messed up, broken down, in your most messed up, busted, and disgusted state. Listen, God's grace can still reach you today. Man, I think about the thief on the cross. He's there with Jesus, and the thief says, remember me. Please remember me. And Jesus says to him, remember this day. You'll be with me in paradise. Grace was offered even on the cross. And the only thing, the only thing that's stepping in between you and I, receiving God's grace, is your pride. Yes, we ought to come as we are. Yes, but listen, you got to come humbly before the Lord. It says, you know what, God, you still love me no matter what. And we come before him humbly. James chapter 4, verse 6 but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. Amen. So many people in hell today because of their own pride. They choose not to humble themselves and accept the grace of God because of their, you know, ah, yeah, I know what to do. Ah, you know, I got all the money I need. Listen, the money won't buy your way into heaven. Oh, yeah, I've done so many good things. Listen, that won't even get you into heaven. Only by the grace of God. Jesus, the word became flesh, personifies the principles, the grace, and the truth. Let's think about, secondly, the truth. The truth, his word, his standard, his holiness, his righteousness. The truth of God's word says in Romans 3 verse 10, there is none righteous. There is none righteous. No, not one. There ain't nobody in this room that is perfect, that has everything together. Psalms chapter 14, verses 1 through to 3. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. Verse 2, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Verse 3, they have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. And the truth is this morning, no one is good. No one is perfect in the sight of God's standards, in God's, according to God's word. And the truth is this, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so here's the truth that we are fallen sinners. We've all fallen short of God's perfect law. Each and every one of us has broken the Ten Commandments. His standard is so high. His holiness is so high that even on our best days, even when we're having a good day, Isaiah 64 verse 6 says this, but we are all like an unclean thing. Oh, I preach it, Pastor. That's so good to hear. And all our righteousness are like, what? Filthy rags. And so here it is, the truth is saying, the word of God is saying, listen, you can't buy your way into heaven. You can't scheme your way into heaven. Your own good works won't even get you into heaven. The truth is, it standards, God's standards is so high. It's like standing at the bottom of uh, the Brisbane uh, uh, River right there and trying to jump up to touch the top of the story bridge. Or trying to touch the top, it's impossible. We can never reach it on our own strength. We could never do it on our own. God's standard, God's holiness, it's perfect, it's truth. And so God in His grace, 
God in his grace begins to say, you know what? No, they can't reach me. I need to go down to them. I need to put on this flesh. I need to personify the truth. I need to go down and reach the sinners. I need to go down and reach them out of their pit. I need to go down into the darkest streets of Beanley. I need to go down the streets of Eagleby. I need to go down through Mount Warren Park. I need to go down through there and reach out the sinners. Grace reaching out to you. He saw you crying in the midnight hour. He saw you crying with a broken heart when everyone rejected you. He saw you as you begin to leave that hotel room. He saw you and he says, you know what? Grace is reaching out to you. I cried out in my bedroom late at night after coming home from the Australian auto line. I said, God, the change that you've done in my brother, I want that change. I don't know, what to, I don't know if you know me, but I, I want that change. I began to cry out to God. I said, God, is there enough grace for me too? God, is there enough of your blood to wash me clean? God, is there enough that you can even wash a sinner like me? I'm telling you, that's why God is able to reach. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, he can begin to cleanse you. And that's the power of Jesus Christ. He's grace and he is truth. Truth, people can't handle truth. Oh, the truth hurts. Yes, but the truth shall set you free. Oh, yes, the truth. It will set you free, but usually it ticks you off before it sets you free. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm bad. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm really a filthy rag. <laughs> that's the truth. Yes, that's right. Man, we deserve hell. We deserve to go there. The Bible teaches us the truth in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators. That's having sex outside of marriage. I didn't even know that word before I was saved. Fornicators, what's that? Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. That's saying all these people that's classified here will not enter into heaven. And such were some of you in verse 11. That's the truth. Such were you and I. But you were washed. Everyone say washed. But you were sanctified. Say sanctified. But you were justified. Come on, you got to say justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. You know what? People don't like to hear truth. You go out into the streets and you tell them about the gospel. You got to tell them with some bad news. You say, hey, listen, we're all sinners. Hey, listen, you know what? We've all fallen short. But the good news is that Jesus Christ loves us. Amen. And the truth, people don't like to hear truth. If you're having sex outside of marriage, listen, that's going to send you to hell. Yes, that's truth. If you're stealing, if you're a thief, listen to the truth of God's word. It says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the truth, everyone loves to dish out this meal of truth, but no one wants to eat it themselves. You tell people what to do yourself, but yet you don't even do it yourself. Hello. Oh, you're able to quick to, uh, you know, deal truth to people. But the reality of truth is this. You know what? Jesus Christ personified grace and truth. And the reality is you probably lean towards one or the other. You'll either be one person who's just all about grace. Oh, yeah, it's just all grace. And then you're the other person. It's all about truth. So tight. It's the it's truth. The law. Jesus says this, full of grace and full of truth. We need to find the balance in grace and truth. 
The people that I know personally, they say, oh, yeah, I'm just under grace. You know what? Just rest in grace and you just live the whatever you feel like. Listen, don't be, uh, you know, brought into a false doctrine of this once saved, always saved. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible doesn't teach you to go, oh, yeah, you prayed a sinner's prayer. Now you can just go and live the way, whatever you like to Listen, no, no, no. You're backslidden. The Bible talks about that. So the Bible says, be in the world and not of the world. But you see people who live this lifestyle of, of just greasy grace, what they've done is they've lowered the standard of truth to justify their own sins. So there are people who tend to be gracious. There are people who love to be large-hearted. They're slow to anger. They're slow to speak. They're just simply gracious. Lovely people. Then you've got people who love the truth. I mean, they got no problem telling people the truth. They, they're quick to point out the mistakes, the failures. Oh, man, they, they're quick to point out the law, the truth. They're quick to point the finger, not knowing there's fingers pointing back to them, that they need the grace of God as well. I'm telling you, most of us lean to one of these. But we ought to pray and say, you know what, God, I let me allow me to be like you because we want to be like Jesus. Can you say amen? We want to be Christ-like, which is a Christian and if we're going to be Holy Ghost believers, blushed, what, washed sinners, I'm telling you, we ought to live like Him, that we must find the balance of living in grace and truth. And the gospel balances on these two spectrums of grace and truth. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth without grace crushes people. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth without grace is just mean. It's like a guitar, you know, you pick up a guitar, you tune the guitar, you tune it too high, it's, it's going to tighten too much and it's just going to break. Or you tune it too, too low and all of a sudden it gets too loose, you know, it's like someone who just, yeah, I'm just loose, I'll just go out and do whatever I feel. The life now becomes out of tune. Listen, we ought to live in tune with the balance of Christ in grace and truth. So church, if we're ever going to see the lost world healed, if we're going to see the lost found if we're ever going to be testimonies of christ if we're ever going to be ambassadors for christ we ought to be full of grace and truth we ought to live in the balance right there in the middle let's close with redemption today because in our stories where we pick up a powerful picture of grace and truth being personified in this very story we find a woman being brought in caught in the very act of adultery they were trying to corner Jesus. They're trying to test Jesus. And they said to Jesus, Jesus, Moses' law states that she must be put to death. we got to stone her. And they must have been thinking, oh, Jesus, you said you came to, uh, you know, not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So they're probably trying to corner him. And I can just see the, the smirk on these Pharisees' faces. Well, what do you say, Jesus? Jesus begins to stoop down. He gets down and he begins to write in the dirt. He begins to write in the dirt. They begin to ask him again. Verse 7, so they continued. They pestered Christ. He raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And then he began to stoop down again to the ground and he began to write. The Bible doesn't tell us what he wrote. That's something I'm going to ask Jesus when we get to heaven. Jesus Take me back to this story. Jesus, what did you write? What did you write? Some Bible scholars believe that Jesus wrote every single one of these Pharisees' names with their sins next to it. 
But it doesn't tell us, it doesn't tell us what Jesus wrote. It just tells us in verse 9, then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up, Jesus went to the ground. Jesus raised himself up. Jesus went to the ground, and he raised. Jesus went to the grave, died for your sins, died for my sins, and he raised. That's the gospel right there. Jesus foretelling his death, burial, and resurrection in this very story alone. And the devil is the accuser. Jesus is the excuser. Verse 10, he, when he raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go sin no more what a powerful story where jesus personifies the principles of grace and truth yes the law states the truth is this she needs to be killed but grace reaches out and says listen you're wrong go and sin no more i'll forgive you i don't condemn you i'll forgive you let's be his church let's be christ's hands and feet that we say you know what whoever walks in these doors Listen, you have a place here in this church. You belong. You can feel accepted right here in this church. When no one here in this building is carrying stones ready to stone you. No one in this building have stones that say, oh yeah, look at what you, oh, that's the guy that, you know what, caught. Man, let's drop our stones. Let's be like Christ. Don't be a Pharisee, ready to judge, ready to law, but let's, be like Christ, full of grace, full of truth. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning in, in prayer today. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Today I want to give an invitation. Maybe you're here this morning. And I want to offer you what Christ has done for many lives today. And that he's offered forgiveness. And he's offered eternal life for you that when all is said and done I want to ask you the question where would you go if you were to die today that's right think about that let that sit for a minute where would you go if you were to die today if you were to stand before a holy God with holy standards like the Bible just what we just spoke about if you were to stand before a holy God in your sin do you have the assurance that you'll make heaven your home? Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But he also says another thing. He says, many will come and say, Lord, Lord. And I will say, depart from me. I never knew you. What sobering words. We could say, oh yeah, we know Jesus. Oh yeah, we know church. Oh yes, yeah, sir. But the real question is, does he know you? If you were to stand before God, would he say, well done, good and faithful? Or would he say, depart from me? I, I, I never knew you at all. It's not good enough to be a churchgoer. You need to be forgiven. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life listen today you're here this morning your heart's not right with God but you want to you know what you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior I want you to do one simple thing lift your hand with mine and say yes I need God's grace today I want to be forgiven I want to be saved I see that hand anyone else you want to join this honest heart to say hey I'm backslidden if I was to die today I would know I wouldn't make heaven my home why don't you lift your hand with with this honest sister right here and say yes pray for me I need Christ I want my sins forgiven I want to be forgiven I want to have eternal life you lift your hand let Christ wash you from your sins let him give you a new life let him give you a new start if that's you this morning you're backslidden why don't you raise your hand 